these guys who win the big awards, they don't take these you know weeks off at right. a time when everybody else does to screw around. I mean, they just do not miss it. And that's what separates people who are successful from people who aren't. You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Welcome back to The Truth About Marketing. It's Kevin Rogers here. This is the show where you get to go deep with the actual business owners to see what they're doing to move the needle on the profits for their business. My guest today is Craig Ballantyne. Craig is a top-level fitness trainer who revolutionized the fitness industry uh, and the marketing industry with his product called Turbulence Training, still a bestseller. He is on a mission to help 10 million people transform their lives. Uh, he's also the publisher of the legendary daily newsletter called Early to Rise, uh, which has been a favorite of mine for uh, at least a decade now. And his new book is called The Perfect Day Formula, How to Own the Day and Control Your Life. Craig, thanks so much for being with us today. Happy to help, Kevin. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. Uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of the book, and uh, I've you know been recommending it to a lot of people, and just you know uh, applying it immediately applied it to my life. It's one of these books where, look, there's a million you know what do you want to call them self help books, mentality you know books. Uh, uh, but what I love about yours is it, it really flies in the face of a lot of the conventional wisdom about how to be more productive. And uh, you say, you know, there is freedom in the structure, right? And to me, that was like a radical thing because it was suddenly like, you know, oh, I don't have to be jealous of this supposed four-hour work week thing because I like to work. I dig showing up to work, right? And this was like, it's how I spend my day that really creates the freedom. Absolutely. And, you know, Tim's book is great and it really has helped a lot of people, but it's it's got a lot of uh, younger guys, especially, um, you know, I see them every summer. I do this entrepreneurship camp in Lithuania and we always get about three or four guys who who want to sit on a beach somewhere and work four hours a week. But, you know, that's not the right way to put your energies. And, you know, Tim doesn't work four hours a week, but he works very smart and he yeah. does incredible things and he focuses on big thinking. And that's really the message of his book, and it's really the message of my book, although my book is, I would say, a little more politically incorrect in that it uh, demands discipline and, and structure, but it shows you, again, the answer to getting the freedom that people want and having that feeling of accomplishment and uh, building a legacy mm. that is, it's really re requires that structure. Mm. And if you just go and work four hours a week and kind of, you know, piddle away your life, you really end up with an empty life, but a life full of structure gives you freedom and a life full of meaning. Yeah, well put. It's so true. And you know, you brought up an important element of it, which is sort of what is your legacy? What is your mission in life? And, uh, you know, that's something that people might feel like they understand conceptually, but I would challenge anyone listening to say, have you actually sat down and taken some time 
to write out what that looks like. Uh, and there's another book I enjoyed uh, called Way of the Seal by Mark Devine, and he calls it a set point. And that's what, you know, Marines use. You have to have a set point when you're uh, faced with the worst odds for surviving a situation. What is that line in the sand, that mission you've created for yourself where you're going to find that extra 20% and survive the situation? Uh, and, And you talk a lot about you know, having a very clear vision for what it is, why are you doing anything you're doing, right? And that really helps you to uh, make better decisions and never question your motivation for, you know, what you're doing at any given time. Yeah, I call it your North Star, your kind of your guiding light. And every time I talk about it, I always extend my arm out with a closed fist. And I say, you know, that your vision is that destination at the end there, the closed fist, and then everything that pulls you away from that straight line is pulling you away from that vision. So for example, um, here's you know a nice extreme clear example that allows people to imagine this at work. And so let's say that somebody listening is 30 years old and they've found this amazing woman and they're like, okay, this is the woman I'm going to marry. I'm going to get engaged to her. My vision is to have this family, this great business, you know, learning from you and building this business I get and building my family. And that's it. That's the vision out there. In three years from now, we're going to have a great family, kids, and a really wonderful house. Now, along come my college friends and say, hey, we're going to Puerto Rico this weekend for a bachelor party. And you know that these, these college friends, man, they, they live it up and they're still not ready to settle down like you. And you know that the last time you went to Vegas with them that you, uh, you know, lost a few hours from your life and you don't know what happened. <laughs> so, so, so now you know where your vision is. It's a straight line straight in front of you. Mm. And you know that this trip to Puerto Rico has taken you straight up in the air away from your vision. And so it allows you, that vision allows you to make the right decisions for your right life, which is to say, Thanks, but no thanks, guys. That's not part of uh, you know what I'm doing these days. And so that's an extreme example. Now, as a copywriter or as a business owner, you wake up in the morning and you could go and check your email. Yeah. But we've been told many times, and it's true, you don't want to get sucked in your email because you get one person who writes in. Maybe you get 100 great emails, and then you get one email that says, Hey, your last uh, sales letter or your product really sucks. <laughs> right. And then, you know, you're down into that rabbit hole of thinking of a million things, a million comeback emails you could send, but you know better than to send them. Um, it, you know, if you have a project you should be working on, all you can think of is going back and answering that person. It's like, uh, I don't watch a lot of the Star Trek movies, but in one of the Star Trek movies, they put like a worm in the guy's head. And that's what it is. It's that worm in the guy's head that you can't get out and it just drives you nuts. And so that's why you shouldn't answer email first thing in the morning. Plus, you know, you just get off on all these tangents. But that takes you away from your vision, whether your vision short term is writing an amazing sales letter or your vision long term is creating an incredible business for you to run. You really need to have the uh, long term vision for your life combined with your daily rules and structure to keep you on the fast track to success. And if you have this discipline, you succeed. There's Mm -hmm. one other thing I want to mention. There's a great book by a guy named Mason Curry called Daily Rituals. And I loved it because he essentially went through dozens of the most 
prolific writers, authors, playwrights, actors, actresses, um, you know, creative types over the last few centuries hmm. from Balzac right through to Stephen King. And, he ta- and they talk about their, their daily hmm. rituals and they all are very structured. And, you know, even Stephen King from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. every single day, yeah. even on holidays when he's writing, you know, when he's engrossed in a book. He's writing from nine to one every day, every day, shuts the door, gets his word count done. And if his word count isn't done till two thirty, he sits there and grinds it out. Yeah. And everyone thinks of oh, Stephen King, you know, he probably just writes these things whenever he wants. No, he does it like a factory worker. So he comes up with these crazy, scary ideas while you're having, you know, your morning tea. But that's <laughs> the way he operates, you know? Yeah. You know, it makes me think of, uh, you know, I, I did stand up comedy for a decade and so many talented people never make it and it a lot of times comes down to discipline uh and jerry seinfeld has famously the thing he calls never breaking the chain and his thing is he wants to write a joke at least one joke a day uh, every single day and he makes a red x on the calendar on the days that he sits and writes a joke or at least works on a joke. And he's got some jokes he's been working on for seven years. <laughs> but every single day for at least an hour, two hours, whatever it is, he sits there and focuses on his craft. And people say, you know, why does Jerry Seinfeld still do stand-up? He's got $80 million in the bank or something. Because that's all he ever wanted to do. The same with Jay Leno. Jay Leno has never spent a dime of his TV money. He, he has a thing where he wants to live of just the gig money, right? And so it, that goes kind of back to having a set point and, and staying on track. And I, I love what you talk about, Craig, about it being that there's freedom in that. Because, look, people say, well, I don't want to be the guy who says no to my buddies and miss out on a week and important. Like, those are the moments that make up a life. But like you pointed out, if you give in to so many of those moments, next thing you know, you look up and life's half done and you're, kind of shitting yourself because nothing's happened yeah you got to draw the line somewhere right i mean you know people always say well you know you know you don't stay up until midnight anymore like you used to and it's like yeah i don't because i've got all these other things to do and it's like okay you stay up till midnight well why don't you just stay up till four in the morning i mean why don't you stay up till four in the morning and drink every night of the week because everybody's got to draw a line somewhere. Yeah. And everybody listening can draw their line wherever they want. I mean, you don't have to be as disciplined as I am. You can be as disciplined as you need to be to get to where you want to be. Hmm. But, you know, going back to professional athletes, like, you know, Super Bowl was just on. Mm-hmm. Those guys who won the Super Bowl were working hard all the time. Tom Brady's working hard in the summertime. He's running pattern. You know, his, his guys are flying out to where Tom Brady is to run patterns with him. I know. Yeah. Peyton Manning, I heard like how many thousand passes he would would throw in the summertime. These guys who win the big awards, they don't take these you know weeks off at right. a time when everybody else does to screw around. I mean, they just do not miss it. And that's what separates people who are successful from people who aren't. Another example is, you know, like the rock band who who has a promising career, but then, you know, they start drinking and stuff after every after every show. Versus you too, who actually, from what I've read, uh, watches almost every one of their performances and figures out a way to make it better. Mm. That's the difference between successful person in life and an an unsuccessful person in life. And you can draw the line wherever you want it to be, 
But if you are not happy with where you are now, it's getting more structure into your life that's surely going to at least open up time for you to work on your biggest uh, problems in life, which is one of the biggest problems in people's lives is that they don't make time to work on their biggest problems in life. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, Craig, I know you, you, you coach a lot of entrepreneurs uh, and you mentioned going on special special trips all over the world to do that. Is that sort of what led to this material and this actual formula is sort of coaching people individually over these same same hurdles over and over? You know, a lot of it actually came from my weight loss business. Mm. So the middle section of the book is about controlling the chaos in your life using what I call the five pillars of success. And those five pillars actually come from men and women who have lost 30 or 40 pounds in my turbulence training contest. So we, you know, we've given away over $150,000 in cash prizes to these people. Mm. And I've been running these contests since 2008. And what I noticed, they had to send in an essay at the end. And every time the, you know, every person that won always had these five pillars in place, which was planning and preparation. I mean, sorry, better planning and preparation than ever before, professional accountabilities, social support, a meaningful incentive, and then a big deadline. And if you have all five of those in place, you can change any aspect of your life, whether it's finding the love of your life, whether it's getting out of debt, whether it's building a business, whether it's writing an amazing sales letter, whether it is uh, losing weight. And so what that really comes down to is the better planning and preparation means you actually have to really think about what you're doing and not just say, oh, you know, today I'm going to try and work on this thing. Right. But, you know, it's, but really, you know, putting together an outline and putting together – you know, if you're trying to lose weight, a meal plan for weeks at a time and putting together the proper program and then going into professional accountability. This is research supported that if you have professional accountability, a professional coach, you know, mm -hmm. someone like you, if, if you're trying to become a better sales letter writer, mm -hmm. you need to have a professional accountability who's a, co uh, a coach who can give you expert advice and hold you accountable and kick you in the butt when you're not performing. Because then you have the next level, which is your cheerleaders, the positive social support, which is other people who are just going to be there, rah, rah, you can do it, you know, I'm proud of you sort of thing. And you right. need those people, but they're not the same thing as a coach and professional accountability. And then the fourth thing is that meaningful incentive. And it needs to be meaningful to you because if it's just meaningful to somebody else and it's society trying to impose – you know, their expectations on you. Mm -hmm. We all know that that can only get us so far. And so it really needs to be a meaningful incentive to you, whether it's, you know, you buying yourself a new car. I mean, that can be really meaningful to you. Right. Or it could be it could be a negative aspect. Um, you know, like if you don't write this sales letter by Friday, you have to go and give $500 to Donald Trump's, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Uh, presidential campaign. And, you know, that's assuming you don't like Donald Trump. So, you know, that's the meaningful incentive. It can be the carrot or the stick, you know, the positive or the negative. Yeah. And then the last thing is a big deadline. And, you know, John Carlton said that the deadline is magic, that it's inspired people to achieve so many great things. And it and it really, really has. That deadline is just so important. Uh, funny aside here, um, I don't know if you ever heard this story, but Dan Kennedy told it. And so hopefully it's true. But he said, uh, Napoleon Hill had a, a deadline of coming up for the book title to think and grow rich. And he didn't have a good idea because his idea up to that point before the deadline was use your noodle to get the boodle. Mm. 
<laughs> and uh, <laughs> sounds, sounds like a Jerry Seinfeld joke. <laughs> so anyways, uh, two lessons here. There was the deadline coming up, and so Napoleon Hill went and had a nap. Mm-hmm. And his subconscious came up with the answer of thinking grow rich, which he came up with right before the deadline. So I'm a big fan of, you know, letting your subconscious do a lot of the work and also obviously the power of the deadline. So hopefully that's a new story for people uh, listening to your call that if they get nothing else, they'll they'll remember that humorous humorous old anecdote. Uh, use your noodle to get the boodle. Yeah, it probably would not have gone on to be a perennial bestseller since 1937. Well, like you, probably would, you probably wouldn't have referred that to your friends, right? Like, <laughs> I just read a great book. What's it called? I'm not telling you. <laughs> Don't worry about the title. That's not important. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm so glad you transitioned into uh, the subconscious because this has been uh, something I've been thinking a lot about lately. I, I just discovered a new book called... Uh, uh, Feeling is the Secret by Neville Goddard. Are you familiar with that book? No, sir. I, I hadn't heard about it. And somebody told me that Gary Bensavenga, uh, largely regarded as the world's greatest copywriter, recommended it to them. So, of course, I took great heed in that uh, recommendation. Sure. And I, I've been really digging it. And it's all about uh, how to instruct your subconscious. And, and, you know, we all kind of know about these things a little bit from law of attraction and, and things like that. Uh, but man, it's something that if you become more aware of your self-talk and the fact that you, you know, your subconscious really doesn't have a, a, a dog in the fight, so to speak, or an agenda other than what you instruct it to do. Right. And it's amazingly powerful that you can actually instruct your subconscious to kind of bend life to your will. In a lot of ways, it sounds like a crazy idea, but uh, it, it's scientifically proven, and anybody who's practiced it, it's pretty undeniable. So, what's what's your experience with that, Craig? Well, well, how does it compare to Maxwell Maltz's cyber psycho cybernetics? Uh, yeah, you know, it's pretty in line with it. I think that it's a little, it's a very short book, and so it's much cleaner. So, I would say it's like a stripped down version of the same same idea. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of psycho cybernetics, mm-hmm. and it's something that's you know. I get the opportunity to help uh, a mass number of people through the weight loss business. I mean, you know, as you know, it's such a high volume business and we hear from so many people and we see so many people go through these transformation contests. And it's very interesting that someone might start and quit three or four in a row Mm -hmm. and then something just clicks in their mind and they just dominate, you know, their fifth attempt at it. It's the same with people who are trying to stop smoking. You know, I don't think very many people stop smoking on their first attempt. Right. And so really what it comes down to is, uh, you know, it's almost like they, it doesn't work for them until it's meaningful to them. And I've had personal experience in this trying to take up the habit of meditation. Mm-hmm. I tried it a couple times and, it, you know, it was something that I was only doing because it was supposed to be good for me. Mm-hmm. And then one time I just said, you know what, I really need to do this because – um, I've always struggled. Well, I haven't always, but, uh, in my late twenties through early thirties and, you know, even to today I've, I've dealt with anxiety. And so the meditation has been helpful in overcoming that. And also my um, natural tendency to be very impatient. And so when I finally made it meaningful to me, and then I got professional accountability and social support, and I shared it with the world that the world that it was my goal, and I had a incentive, and I had put myself on a deadline. Then I was able to make it work, and I really I changed my mindset 
that you know th- I am the type of person that that meditates because I'm you know I'm into all these other healthy things. Why would I not be into this? And mm-hmm. and I was recommending it to people through our early to rise newsletter all the time, but I felt hypocritical that I wasn't doing it myself. And so there is so much power in, in you know feeling successful and you know going forward and acting that way mm-hmm. and. You, you attract people into your world when you are positive and confident and helpful and you are sharing your vision. So a lot of people, um, especially in my world of the weight loss um, and, and also in the mastermind group of helping business owners, uh, you know, and people listening to this call will probably feel the same way that they probably don't hang around a lot of people who share their big goals, you yeah. know, like, you know, they, they don't know a lot of entrepreneurs or they don't know a lot about their copywriters in the real world, you know, like nobody beside them lives, who lives beside them is going to be a copywriter. Right. And so they feel really isolated, you know, like that island in the ocean. And so with, without having, you know, those positive people around, it can be really, really um, difficult to do. But when you get connected to a positive network, you know, like through your message forum and, and whatnot. And you tell other people that, you know, this is my big goal this year. It's to write a, a package, you know, that does really well. Or, you know, my business goal this year is to go from 100K to 200K. Once you tell good people that, good people like go out of their way to help you. Mm. It's amazing because yeah. when, yeah, when I started my transformation um, mission of 10 million people, it was actually 1 million people. Mm. And, the, and when I told people this, that I want to help a million people, like nobody laughed at me because I was only telling good people, of course. I was telling positive social support people. But and when they heard that, they went out of their way to help me. And that's when I realized that when you share your goals and dreams with the right people, they're galvanized to take action on your behalf. It's almost like they can't stop themselves from trying to help you. And it's really neat. And it really does show you that there is a wonderful humanity left in this world. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, circling back to, you know, the feeling is the secret is it's so important for you to hang around positive people, to seek them out online, offline, at events, you know, get a mentor. Because without the other people around you, you can really, you can, you can spin your wheels until you're in a pretty deep hole. And that's really frustrating. Uh, and it's tough to get out of if you try and do it yourself. That's a great point. And especially in this world of online business, we're all in our little caves here, kind of jamming through our days. And if uh, you don't have a support group of the right people, it gets really lonely and it's easy to get lost. Uh, Yeah. And and going back to one of the things you said at the start of the call, Kevin, um, even though we are in our own little caves, there's so much comparison that we do and uh, that really brings ourselves down so mm-hmm. kind of ties in with the theme of the book the the theme of my book is based you know the perfect day formula is based on uh some ancient stoic philosophy uh by epictetus who said who basically said i interpreted it this way is um, control what you can cope with what you can't and concentrate on what counts and but so many of us you know we see other businesses and we only see what the other people want us to see, right? right? But, you know, we see other people who we think are only working a few hours a week and making seven figures. And, you know, when you're online by yourself and not connected to a support group, you can get pretty down on yourself. You can get pretty jealous. You can get pretty um, torn away, uh, even though, 
you know, torn away from what matters because you are actually concentrating on what on what you can't control. I mean, you can't control how successful somebody else is. Yeah. Um, now, when you get connected to other people, you find out behind the scenes this person's working a lot more. They've got, you know, they they're getting divorced, so they need the money. You know, it's all types of things. Right. Um, and, and then you feel that person. But the the main point there is, without people to guide you, you get lost in looking at the wrong things and you end up away from that 3C formula. You, you're concentrating on things you can't control and that really brings people down. So there's a, a flip side to being a, alone in the cave. In addition to not having people to help you, you also get a distorted view of reality. Man, great point. It's so true. And I always say a good gauge of whether you're clear on your mission is if you uh, scroll around Facebook for a few minutes and suddenly find yourself kind of feeling angry <laughs> or or anxious and you you know yeah. you feel jealous and you're going why do i feel all these bad emotions and why do i keep coming back to this place like you wouldn't go to a restaurant that made you feel that way over and over again right but there's this weird digital addiction and it is very easy to succumb to this this jealousy and as you said we're very often not seeing anything like the full picture of what somebody's going through yeah, and, and I'll just add to that, especially to people that have an online business where they get feedback from customers or whether they have you know a forum or anything, that a lot of people who send you the negative comments are just you know that's their mindset. Yeah. Um, you know they're they're upset about something and they can take it out on you anonymously in most cases. So it's kind of related to you know they go online, they see something they don't like, or they read your newsletter and they send you hate mail. And it's easy for them to vent on you. And you just have to understand that, hey, listen, there's nothing I can do about this. You know, just let it slide off you. Turn the computer off. Go outside and realize that nobody's stoning you on the streets. <laughs> and so right. the reality is, you know, those people wouldn't say those negatives, negative things to you if they were with you right. in a room. Right. They might probably be asking for your autograph. And so it's just a reality check. Uh, but also don't let yourself um, – don't ever find yourself thinking those same things. Like, you know, if you look at Tim Ferriss and you say, oh, you, you get jealous by looking at Tim Ferriss' stuff and hear about four-hour work week, you know, don't, don't be that way. Because, I mean, if Tim Ferriss had an extra $100 million, it's not going to change your life. Or right. if he broke, and like, that's not going to make your life better. So don't ever be thinking that way and just wish everybody the best and, and work on making everybody else the best. Because one of the, thing, one of the things that I believe is that the best thing that you can do for yourself is to make everyone around you better. Mm. And if everyone around you is better, then your life is going to be better too. So there's lots of opportunity for people to take a positive approach to life and get the most out of it. That's great. And I can attest that you live your life that way in all of our interactions together. Uh, you're clearly constantly thinking and how you can help people even when they're not asking or expecting it. And that's something yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun to live that way. Yeah. Um, the Dalai Lama has a, a great quote. He says, choose to be optimistic. It just feels better. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and it's true. I mean, you know, there's there's a point. I always think that there's a point in these uh, in the lives of these young men where they either can go to the, like the dark side and, and become very bad people or they can become really great people. And it's person is. Um, Re rewarding them for the behavior and if mm -hmm. they had just done something good and someone had rewarded them 
for doing good, they could have changed their lives and turned their lives around. And, and so if you can, you know, just by saying something nice to somebody or, you know, connecting them with somebody, you can make a big difference in somebody's life. And there's no reason not to do it. It doesn't take anything out of you. Right. You and in fact, it uh, you know makes you feel better in most cases. That's true, and I know that uh, gratitude is a big part of your formula as well. In fact, there uh, it just got the the whole blueprint package, which was like Christmas morning all over again. And so, I recommend anybody you go to the perfectdayformula dot com. Uh, you have the you could buy just the book, uh, but I recommend getting the full package because these awesome workbooks that just take everything I loved about the book and make it much easier for me to apply them to my everyday life just by filling out, you know, the workbooks. And I, my favorite thing is this whole pad of sheets where, you know, I can list scripting pads. Yeah. Yeah. I can just, I've always said the most productive I can ever be is when I literally plan out my day hour to hour and a you might get thrown off or some unexpected things happen but what's magic about it is if you end your day filling one of these out for what tomorrow's going to look like it's amazing how much better you'll sleep that night oh yeah it's you know being prepared is so much of the battle and you know there's one other cool thing on that pad that i really love that kind of ties into what you just said there and it's that brain dump section, yeah. which I found is so important, especially to people that have young children um, that, you know, want to have a separation of work and home life. You know, you don't I mean, there's some people who just, you know, like checking emails all through the night and, and whatever. But if you really want to have a separation of, OK, this is work time and this is home time, having a little brain dump, you can do it on a scrap piece of paper. You can use our scripting pads where you just write out all the thoughts running through your head. Get them out, get them out, get them out. Leave them on that pad of paper. Shut the door to the office and you leave them in there. Mm. And then you can just be present in the moment with your family or with your hobbies or you know, with your exercise or meditation or whatever it is that you need to be present at. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a skill that is just missing so much these days is being present and fully involved in what you're doing. Oh, and it's man. something that I'm a bit of an old timer in uh, my digital habits and I try to be as much as possible. And, and so, you know, I, I don't let the phone sit on the table when I'm at, you know, coffee with somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, research shows that actually that distracts people, even if the phone is not on, mm. just having the phone on the table distracts people. And so I try and get away from that. I try and leave all the thoughts and leave all the digital technology and just be with people. And, you know, it's, it's good manners. It's good habits. And it really strengthens your time with the people that uh, you spend it with. That's great. Love it. Hey, it's Kev here. And we're about to get to the essential question of the show with Craig. And I want to quickly share with you something really cool that Craig's created uh, beyond the book, The Perfect Day Formula. He's got an entire kit. And it's full of handy guides to help you implement everything he talks about in the book. And I got to tell you, I've been using this stuff and it's been amazing. Uh, a few of the things that are in there are a uh, daily goals worksheet, a gratitude journal, which is really great for reminding yourself to actually fill this thing out. And man, hasn't that been mind-blowing to actually spend a few minutes in gratitude every day. But my favorite thing in there are these worksheets, little daily worksheets where you can plan out the next day. Uh, and I tell you what, when you do this, you, you've got, you know, you can just write down 
uh, your entire schedule for the next day, uh, the people you need to connect with, those kinds of things. Uh, it just gets it out of your head so that you can go home and relax and actually be done with work for the day. Can you imagine? So check it out. I did an unboxing video of this kit and I'm really in love with this thing. It's been amazingly effective for my productivity. So I think you'll dig it. Come check it out on the show page at uh, copychief.com. Click the podcast up there. And when you find Craig's episode, you'll see it in the show notes. A little video of me showing you everything that's in this kit. All right, dig it. Now let's get to the essential question with Craig. Uh, Craig, I want to respect your time. We're uh, towards the end here, but I have to ask you the essential question of this show because you are uh, highly regarded and respected marketer and uh, marketing mentor to a lot of entrepreneurs. So I'm excited to hear your answer to this question. So Craig Ballantyne, what is the one thing you've done in your marketing that produced the most surprising results? All right, I'm going to answer this and say there's two things real quickly. So the first, they're both things that most people are probably doing. And, you know, using a deadline and using a promotion with, you know, a price increase or something, I still am so amazed at the number of sales that come in at the last six hours of the final day of a promotion. Like it blows my mind. And I've done over a hundred promotions, either, either my own or as an affiliate. And just remembering to mail the second and third time on that final day hmm. after 6 p.m., you're gonna get 25% of your orders. It's amazing. But that's not the biggest one. The biggest one is adding recurring revenue and continuity. And so I've known a couple of businesses, myself included, where if you take a look at the revenue of the business, and let's say the revenue of the business is $10 million, and the profit is $2 million, if you take a look at the recurring revenue in that business, it's probably going to be around $2 million. So that's how important the recurring revenue is in the business. Mm. It's basically what you're going to keep. Mm. And so we introduced that into uh, our products a couple of years ago. And it's amazing. Um, you know, you always deliver great content, of course. You're delivering amazing stuff for what people are paying for recurring. But it's amazing how, how long people will stay in your world when you deliver great content and they'll continue paying and paying and, you know, investing in the information that you have to share. And so, you know, obviously phone companies have known this, cable companies have known this for a long time. And so information marketers need to figure out a way, and physical product marketers too, need to figure out a way to get some type of recurring revenue so that they know that there's revenue coming in on day one of the month to cover the expenses and they don't have to go out and do promotions every every uh, you know week but there is some stability to the business and so um, you know we put it in in all sorts of ways low price high price annual monthly there's all types of ways to do recurring but it really really is important if you want to have a stable business and it's it never ceases to surprise me how long people will stay in your world when you deliver great content to them. They just won't get tired of you and they, because they love you. Yeah, that is a great answer. And uh, I will add to that, that if you have a, a scenario where you're providing them, now you've created an obligation to provide quality content every month. Now you're having what I call a dialogue because you're getting feedback on that content and products uh, and offers 
magically create themselves when you're having a healthy discourse with your best customers because they will tell you exactly what they want from you and inspire you to go create more more cool stuff. That's a great lesson. That's so true. It's given me many ideas for my best products. Awesome. Craig Ballantyne, thank you so much for doing this. The book is The Perfect Day Formula. Go to perfectdayformula.com. Get on the uh, newsletter uh, free email list at earlytorise.com, where I recently became a new contributor. I'm very proud to say. Thank you for that, Craig. Yeah, and it was a great article. Thank you. And uh, yeah, just uh, love all the way around and appreciate all you do and all you've done for me. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Kevin. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Truth About Marketing podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, and let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to copychief.com forward slash TAM, as in Truth About Marketing. And if you'd like to uh, learn more about how you can improve your sales copy with uh, templates, formulas, coaching, feedback, or hiring a pro, do all that on the inside of the members area of copychief.com, and I will look for you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.